Gear Up programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by our members and Rocky Mountain Power, supporting student innovation and clean transportation solutions in Utah. Details at rockymountainpower.net slash ev. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Hope you've been listening to the UPR original series, Driven to Succeed. It's featuring seven first-year Utah State University students. These Utah Stars gear up students and their mentors from USU's Sustainable Electrified Transportation Center designed and built a green power single seat electric car that charges wirelessly from the roadway while in motion. And then they took this car uh, out to a competition. We're going to talk about this. The gear up program is interesting. Uh, of course, electric power uh, and uh, electric power vehicles, interesting as well. Uh, we're going to expand on this conversation uh, uh, today. We bring in uh, UPR reporter Ashley Rohde. Thanks for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So uh, right at the top, uh, a couple of these of your reports have run. Yes, the and third one is running today. Third one running today. So um, tune in to the UPR, obviously, right? Yes, please. Um, and where can people find these elsewhere? Um, elsewhere than UPR? Well, you can listen to them on the radio. We have um, an app. Or I'm sorry, yes, an app that yeah, you can UPR, download or, uh, uh, and a podcast and at uh, www.upr.org under Driven to Succeed. Okay. It's a series. And then you can listen to those anytime. Correct. Anywhere. Okay, very interesting uh, reports. The the last of those three is going today. Of course, obviously, we're treating this uh, today on the program. We also have with us Ryan Bohm, who's uh, with the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department at Utah State University, the Power Electronics Laboratory, and uh, the SELECT uh, program. Tell us what SELECT stands for. SELECT is Sustainable Electrified Transportation. It's how we make electric vehicles uh, sustainable for the future and something that can be m- mass adopted. And you're a senior lab uh, laboratory engineer. That's right. All right. I want to get into that techni- technology as we go along. Uh, Janine Hinneman uh, joins us. She's communications manager with Utah STARS in the Gear Up Project. Nice, for, nice to be here. Thanks for yeah, having me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so let's start there. What is the Gear Up Project? The Gear Up Project is a national uh, program funded by the Department of Education. And um, what it looks for is schools that are um, low income or um, otherwise challenged. And it goes into those schools and works with students from middle school through their first year of college, um, bringing them to a university or an education after high school and also getting them um, prepared to succeed in, in college. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I understand pretty successful program. It is. It's been it's been it's been very good for Utah. It's it's been a good program here. Um, we came into some schools um, about almost well seven years ago because our first grant is ending this summer. Um, and at that point, those schools had sixteen uh, percent um, students that would go on to college after high school. Um, we're looking at a number more like three times that amount. And. There are a lot of things that have happened in the state to make that happen. Um, the state has had initiatives to help. Um, there are lots of great programs. But Gear Up's been in the schools and helped as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are other programs, right? This is a right. kind of national program uh, problem. Uh, what's different about Gear Up? What is, what's, what's kind of the focus? Is it technology? It well, GearUp is a is a well rounded program of a variety of things. So uh, we will go into a school. For instance, I'm I'm going to start with our um, our most recent grant, which is in Granite Elementary or Granite 
school district. Um, with that grant, um, we go into the schools, and right now we're working with seventh graders and getting them into to see colleges. What's college like? Can I succeed at it? What do I want to do at college? We're kind of planting the seed, and then we work with those kids through their first year of college, um, offering them extra tutoring, offering them rigorous study options, offering them extra support, just offering them an office they can go to to ask questions that doesn't feel like you're in school. Mm. So, uh, What are the barriers? Many. Yeah. <laughs> What are the barriers to getting to college? Let's see. Uh, there would be um, income, family issues. Um, one of the big areas that we're interested in is helping students understand early on what financial aid is about. How do I pay for college? I can't pay for college. Actually, you can if you start really early and you plan ahead. So we have students learning about what um, FAFSA is and how to fill it out. We have students that have gone... Um, into um, FAFSA training with their parents. Um, we also do a lot with parents and communities. I guess the, the basic process of the project is to be involved in our participating schools and be involved in the community. So we place a site coordinator in each school, and that site coordinator makes things happen, Yeah, connects yeah. people. Ashley, Rhoda, you encounter these, uh, these students, I guess, as they're succeeding, right, they've been admitted to, to college and they've, they're working with Ryan, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's right. So I, I came into it obviously pretty late in their gear up experience, but I got to see a really nice snapshot of all the different experiences that these kids have had coming from different schools. Each school seems to do it a little bit differently. And the continuing support that they were having in their freshman year, which seemed to be really valuable to them when I talked to them about you know, having the support in their freshman year, uh, they seemed really to appreciate it, really to be grateful for it, because that freshman year sure is tough. Yeah. yeah you've been through it. Yes. <laughs> freshman year. I have been through freshman year, and it was tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the Gear Up program, as Janine was just telling us, uh, pretty successful in, in getting these uh, a much higher percentage of of these kids to admit it to university. Yeah, that seems to be true. And Janine, am I right in saying that the Gear Up program focuses on schools where kids might be somewhat underprivileged? That's exactly right, Ashley. Um, we uh, we aren't allowed to partner with a school unless um, more than half the students are in free or reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. um, we also work with a lot of first generation students. Um, we um, and and schools choose to partner with us. Um, it's it's a lot of work to be a partner. Mm -hmm. um, they need to be entirely involved, engaged, and the whole project is very data-driven. So we need to know what's happening in the schools so that we can know where needs should be sent. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's a commitment on their part, and it is a partnership um, between all of us. Uh, before we go to, to Ryan and your experience with the students, I want to hear uh, from, from one of these students. Uh, so, Ashley, you talked to uh, Brittany DeQuinn-Kruma. Correct. Um, anything we need to do to set this up? Um, this is Brittany talking about um, how Gear Up sort of helped her getting into college, um, coming from this this background of being from one of these schools where maybe all of these students have everything that it takes to succeed in college except for um, the resources that they need to actually get there. And then a little bit about her freshman year experience and, and how it's going so far. 
Let's hear from uh, USU freshman Brittany Dequa and Kruma. I thought of it as like a second counselor, but tailored to getting you ready for college and preparing you for heavy exams that they're going to look at those scores and judge you, like the ECT. So, for example, I did a camp up here at Utah State my junior year, and it was a camp that helped prepare us for the ACT and also for our senior year and what to expect in our senior year. This is the final year of the program for these students. If they can successfully finish their freshman year, they're much more likely to finish a four-year degree and graduate. In the final year of Gear Up, the program is focused on helping them get through this all-important first year of college. So how's it going? So first semester was a little rough, not like, oh my gosh, college, what is this? But the course load and how heavy it was, like I knew it was going to be heavy, but I didn't realize how heavy. But I survived. And this semester is a lot easier because I'm taking a lighter load. So that's Brittany uh, Dequin Kruma, uh, USU uh, freshman. Um, so I guess her experience would be somewhat typical? It seems to be um, just talking to the other students. Uh, most of them are initially pretty overwhelmed by the course load. They're surprised at how much heavier it is. It's a big step up from high school classes into college classes. Um, I think some of these students were also kind of exceptional in their high schools. They were always very bright, and so struggling in school is, an, and it is not an experience they're accustomed to, and so that was new for them too. Mm. But they seem to be getting through it. And I can uh, just speak to that as yeah. uh, you know, going through high school, n- nearly 4.0 student, t- took some harder classes, and then went into freshman uh, year of, uh, of engineering and was really overwhelmed. Didn't, uh, didn't feel like I had really been uh, prepared. And, uh, and we'll talk a bit about some of the experiences that they had getting involved in this, uh, this project with the wireless charging uh, cars. Um, but I feel like that really gave them uh, a step up and uh, a vision of why they're doing what they were doing. Now, are all, all the Gear Up students involved with the, with the cars? No, um, okay. we just have a small group. Um, most of the um, Green Power Race teams, um, they might be a class at the most, but usually it's a it's more like a club. Mm-hmm. So um, as a result, we only have a limited amount of students doing yeah. it. And um, these were students that were already working. Um, when the students get to college, we have a coordinator here um, well, we have a couple of coordinators. They're actually called student liaisons. And they reach out to the students before they arrive for scheduling. They will help them find a class location. Um, they're kind of their go-to person, at least for the schools here in Utah, um, as well as um, we also offer tutoring and a variety of things to kind of add to the options to make the student, to help the students succeed. Mm-hmm. So um, question occurs to me, uh, you're, a, you're a student maybe who's at risk of not getting into college, and then you get to this help, you get into college. First year is tough anyway, um, and then you add building an electric car on top of that. Is is that I, kind of devil's advocate? I know how it turned out, but <laughs> is that helpful or is that a hindrance to the 
Well, it was a freshman. Inter- yeah. It was interesting to watch them come in and, and ask them, you know, how are things going? And just see that look on their face like, oh, it's so busy. But then uh, as they had dedicated some time to come in, and it wasn't a lot of time every week, but it was a, a portion of time. Uh, it was kind of an oasis away from what they had been working on. And, and I think the, the real benefit was just to allow them to – and one of the challenges as you head into that first year of college and even all the way through is maintaining that vision of why am I doing this? And you get down into the to the really nuts and bolts of things, but you don't really see the the forest through the trees. Sometimes you, you lose vision of that. And this, I think, helped them see early on, wow, I get to, I get to design and build things. This is fun. I enjoy it. And uh, it gives them that momentum to, to keep going. So it sounds like a vision. Vision is helpful, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Which I would imagine, you know, whether it's building a car or whatever, you, you need that vision, right? I think I think you do. I, I think um, we weren't sure when we pulled this team together how it would work out, and we were more than pleased. Um, you know, not only did the students come together, as Ashley will tell you, and, and Ryan as well, um, but they were they were really models for the other students that were at the Green Power race. So at the end of the race, my favorite part of the whole race day, um, so how race day works is race day is the event where all the schools bring their cars and they actually spend the day at the Utah Motor Sports Complex racing their cars. And so you've got all these elementary, middle, high school students. They all surrounded the electric car that the college students built. And they all had questions about it because it was cool and it looked interesting and it was different than their car. And so it was, it was exciting to see that inspiration of, oh, these are college students. Look, they did this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. It was cool. So Ashley Rody, there was a range of cars there, kinds of cars? Yeah, there were. So there are middle school and high school participants in in this uh, event mostly. And then these college-age kids were kind of new to the scene this year. So you know, with a, a range of ages, you have a range of abilities and knowledge, and the kids are the kids are the masters of how their cars are built. So a, as they learn from their mistakes or they learn through their their classes or whatever, um, they modify their cars more and more. Um, so let's take a break. When we come back, I want to hear from Will uh, Ashley has a couple of uh, sound clips here uh, where the students are working on their cars and describe. Uh, challenges problems right that's ryan bohm it's uh, i guess that's valuable i can see that's valuable if you encounter problems and learn how to solve those problems that's what that's education should be right that's what education is that's what engineering and really that's what life is all about is encountering problems and and realizing there is a solution it uh, might be not what i expected but uh, there is some solution to this yeah by the way before we go to break what how did you get into this so I've been working at the Select Center for a number of years now, and we've uh, we've approached this concept of uh, making the, the, these uh, gear up green power cars uh, wirelessly charged. It just kind of fits along with the the way that the challenge works. How far can we go? How many laps can we get? Well, if we can transfer some energy from the roadway, and uh, and finally it, it all congealed, and we were able to 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 make this happen. 
Well, let's go to break. Uh, when we come back more on this, we're talking about uh, USU Stars Gear Up. Uh, it's uh, helping uh, a much larger percentage of students, at-risk students, to get into college. Uh, we're also talking about uh, USU's Sustainable Electrified Transportation Center and uh, how they have designed, with the help of these students, um, green power single-seat electric cars, uh, or a car, that then uh, raced in this race, and uh, a lot of lessons uh, learned. We have with us uh, Ashley Rohde, who is USU, uh, or UPR reporter, and you're hearing her Driven to Succeed uh, series. Uh, the, the final installment of the three is airing today. Correct. And you can find uh, all of these uh, at upr.org. Just look for Driven to Succeed. Correct. Uh, we have with us Ryan Baum, who's with the uh, Electrical and Computer Engineering Department, the Power Elect- Electronics Laboratory, and that uh, select program. He's senior lab engineer. And Janine Heineman is uh, communications manager with USU Stars and Gear Up uh, Project. More following this break. This week on Undisciplined, we are talking about math education and zombies. And if those two things don't seem to have anything to do with one another, well, that's the idea. On our program, we bring together researchers from vastly different areas of study, and we ask them to build connections. And that takes brains. Get it? The computational pedagogist and the undead philosopher, that's Undisciplined, Friday at 2. Utah Public Radio would like to thank Community Nursing Services for becoming one of our newest sponsors. For more information on how you can become a sponsor, email debbie.andrew at usu.edu. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to download our UPR app so you can listen anywhere. Everyone has a favorite author, actor, musician, or comedian. At All Things Considered, we don't just bring you the news of the day. We introduce you to the coolest people you thought you knew and learn what really makes them tick. What you hear might just surprise you. Join us every afternoon for All Things Considered from NPR News, conversations that connect. Join us for NPR's All Things Considered weekday afternoons at 3 here on Utah Public Radio. A world frustrated with the behavior of every single important person we already have got excited about a brand new one, the royal baby. Son of British Prince Harry and his American wife, he might combine the best of both countries, but we'll probably just end up having bad teeth and too many guns. I'm Peter Sagal. Join us for this week's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the news quiz from NPR. Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about uh, electric cars and exciting technology. We're talking about uh, Gear Up program to help at-risk students get into college and how those two intersect. And uh, we're highlighting USU's original, or UPR's original uh, series, Driven to Succeed. Our reporter Ashley Rohde is with us, and her series uh, wraps up today with the third uh, in a three-part series. And you can find all of those reports on our website, upr.org, upr.org. You can join this conversation if you'd like to upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com, or by calling us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. We have with, with us UPR reporter Ashley Rohde, Ryan Baum, who is the uh, senior lab engineer with the USU Power Electronics Lab and the uh, SELECT program, and Janine Heineman, who is a communications manager with USU STARS Gear Up uh, Project. Um, so uh, the students come to you, Ryan Baum, 
Um, and I guess it's a pretty cool project to track some students. We're going to build an electric car. Yeah, so they've already, with this uh, challenge that they've gone through, for been a part of this uh, gear up program for a number of years uh, using uh, a frame and a, a kit that is pretty well uh, a standard kit for all the schools that get involved. And then they are able to customize those in various ways. They have certain things they can and can't change. They have the, the batteries that have to be uh, the, the stock batteries. And, uh, and then they see what the modifications they make for aerodynamics or reducing friction, uh, how, how far they can go, how many laps they can go around the track. And so with the technology that we uh, introduced to them and uh, is wireless charging from the roadway while the vehicles are moving. And uh, I think uh, for them, it was uh, almost a mind-blowing experience to, to see, you know, take this battery-powered car, which really is a wonderful thing to be introducing them to and the concepts surrounding that, and now giving them something, uh, a whole new view into the, the future of this technology and charging these cars wirelessly from the road to the vehicle. I wonder, uh, get your perspective, Astro. I don't know how much exposure you've had to wirelessly charging vehicles, electric vehicles. Almost none. <laughs> <laughs> What's your impression? Uh, my impression of the whole process was that, you know, when, when we first started, the freshmen that came in weren't really sure what they were going to be doing, and they were feeling kind of sheepish about it. And I think that the mentors, Ryan and, and his team of um, upperclassmen and graduate students, really kind of took them under their wings. And by the end of the process, when they were really in crunch time, you know, it was time to get this car ready for the race. Everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody was working together. And um, just the distance that they came in learning about the car was really an interesting experience to be able to, to witness. Yeah, must be gratifying to see that. And I should add to this, um, I'm also thinking, um, it was during finals week. It was mm -hmm. the very first day of finals. So it's not like these students didn't have anything else going on at the time, and yet they really put the pedal to the metal and made this work, mm. which was great. Wonderful. Well, let's hear This would be a good time to bring in uh, our next uh, sound clip. Uh, this is uh, Whitney Despain, who's a mentor, right, uh, describing the... Uh, well, well, anything we need to do to set this up? Ashley? So she's describing the process that she went through to build an app. And this app is going to, well, it did, monitor the functions of the car. And so in addition to Whitney, we also had John Mirmigas in this clip talking about building the electronic sen sensors that actually sat on the car. And those sensors were what was communicating with that app to make measurements and collect data about the functions of the car. So these are USU upperclassmen helping the, these, these right. freshmen. They were all part of the team. So let's hear this. Uh, this is Whitney Despain and, and John Mirmagas uh, uh, describing the problems they encountered. The students have spent about two months planning, programming, and building the car up to this point. As the race nears, the pressure is on. Whitney Despain, the computer engineering mentor, has been busy writing programs in several computer languages. So we're using a mix of different technologies right now on the tablet that's going to be on the car. We're just making an Android app, and that's in Java. And then we also have to program the Pi that's sending the data to the Android tablet, and I don't know what that's going to be programmed in. But then the server is going to be programmed in Node.js and also use HTML and stuff for the display purposes. And that's pretty typical for computer science projects for stuff like that is to mix a lot of different technologies and uh, programming languages together. The electrical engineering team is also hard at work. 
So we're working on the system inside the vehicle that's monitoring basically anything we can think of in the vehicle. So once we complete that, we'll, we'll move to something else within the project to work on. Yeah, that's uh, so. It sounds like some pretty uh, complicated problems, Ryan Bohm. T- tell us about that. Yeah, so this was uh, the the scope of this is difficult to describe in a, in a short segment, but uh, we really wanted to give these students uh, an overall uh, view of everything that is involved in, in uh, and that may be a little bit overwhelming, but I think it was also eye-opening in a, in a real positive way, all the way from the, the solar panels that charge the battery that, char- that uh, powers the wireless charging system, and then the electric car where we added additional sensors that aren't a part of the, the normal stock car that monitor the battery, gives it the, the state of charge, uh, even the speed of the vehicles that's driving around the track, and all on a display that's almost Tesla-esque uh, right there in the front of them uh, in this uh, you know, car and, and really gave it a, a modern look. Hmm. How fast the vehicle go? Uh, they ranging anywhere from 15 to 20 miles an hour. Yeah, okay. Um, we'll get to the race, uh, the demonstration as, as we go along. Um, and so as the, the, the freshmen have the, their mentors helping them, and I guess you're involved as well, um, Ryan, I, you, you learn most by working through these problems, I imagine. Yeah, it, uh, you always encounter things that you just don't even expect. Uh, we, we weren't able to, with all the effort we were putting into the wireless charging system and uh, the, the various sensors, we didn't put, a, a lot of the schools are putting an extreme amount of effort into the car itself to, to make it more efficient and more aerodynamic, and, and that really took a back seat for us. But uh, in the last week, as we're getting the thing you know, finalized and ready, and, and we have start having things breaking on the car and uh, you know, bolts stripping out of the motor and that's uh you know what do we do so you you grab the welder and you start welding things together and and uh solving problems right there on the spot and and uh and that's really uh, it really is fun to do that uh, even though it's at that crunch time but it it gives everyone the view and and reminds us that you you just sink your teeth in and solve the problems as they come Uh, one of the photographs on our website i notice is ryan welding ashley you've I don't know if you took that photograph, but... Uh, I did take that photo. Yeah. Um, so I think Ryan can describe it better than I can, but they had some issues with the bolts that actually hold the motor onto the car. They were just a little too wimpy, and they were talking about how they could solve that problem pretty quickly, and he decided just to weld the motor right onto the car, and mm. it went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the motor didn't. The car that's did, it. fortunately, go oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. <laughs> That, that's right. Uh, let's hear another clip. Um, this is uh, Whitney and uh, Whitney and Abby. So yeah. Abby is a graduate student that works with Ryan. Um, just talking about what it took in that last week to really get the car ready to go. Okay, let's hear this clip. Some of the guys stayed up till five in the morning. That morning, they stayed up all night just trying to get this working. So that that actually worked was really cool. Finally. The moment arrives. On your mark. Get set. Race. The college students can't place in the race. Their car is technically disqualified because of its charging system. But that doesn't stop the team from feeling competitive. Who brought the spike strip thing? (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke, of course. 
So that uh, is a description of the, uh, the final push, getting ready for the race. In the first moments of that race when yeah. I think everybody kind of took a breath and realized that the car was moving and they had done it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us about the race. I don't know who wants to. Janine, you want to I can start tell there? a bit about the race. Um, this is the fifth year for the race. The race, um, it started with just a handful of cars. We're now up to 24 different teams from 19 schools, um, most of them from Utah, one from um, Nevada. Um, the students usually start in January and start working on their cars. Um, they're all excited about the modifications they have. Um, there's some rivalries going on um, in a lot of the smaller towns. Um, like Gunnison Valley Middle School won last year. Gunnison Valley High School won this year. Not that we're really counting, but there's a lot of side competitions happening. And um, What is it about Gunnison Valley? That is a good question. <laughs> I don't have an answer to that one. <laughs> proud proud uh, constructors of, of good electric vehicles. They, they, yeah, they, they, they have a, um, they're excited about changing things. I think um, they look at their car. I mean, a lot of these students, um, like Ryan said, they're lucky that their cars are still together by the time they get here because they've been building and changing these cars for five years. Mm. So, you know, and, and so it might be a second or third generation. Actually, I need to go and find out if their siblings working on cars that their older brothers or sisters started. Mm -hmm. So the same car, you modify, modify, modify. That's exactly yeah, it. Right. Uh, Ryan, the same with, with the project here at USU. Take the same basic frame and everything every year uh well the the car that we uh had uh within this uh event was uh we inherited from another school that uh, wasn't able to participate this year okay. and so it uh, we inherited all of the uh good and the bad that, that came with it and uh, had to work around those things yeah so uh, tell us about the race our demonstration do we call it a race is it uh, it's, uh, since it's not really uh, time-based or, or they're not really racing uh, head-on with each other, they're, they're seeing how many laps they can get. Uh, I don't know if it's a competition, uh, an event. Uh, a challenge. But, uh, they they a like to call it a race, a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and for us, uh, our team and, and uh, our whole group of uh, these freshmen gear up students uh, as well as the mentors and and i should add uh, people like abilash that are postdoctoral researchers um, that we've got a whole range of uh, of people that, that got involved in this and and uh they uh as, as we watch this you know unfold and we have our, our track laid out and we've got our car as it goes around and we're of course really proud of it as it drives over the the we have a, about a eight uh, or twenty four foot long uh, pad that we placed down on the track that was built in a way that we could deploy it within an hour we could lay this down put the coils uh, that wrap around and then as the car drives over that uh, it, it would charge it and we last minute we wanted something that gave an indication that this thing is charging so we got some uh, some light bulbs and put them on the top of the car that uh, would light up as soon as it was charging with the wireless system. And uh, unfortunately, they were in a place where people often would grab to push the car, and, and one of them got broken, and so it would intermittently connect. So sometimes it would light up, and I don't know if we were more excited about it lighting up than we were of the wireless charging, but it uh, was pretty fun to, to see it actually working out there when, when it really came down to crunch time. And speaking of problems, in the last 
you know, f- few days, we had some electronics that uh, weren't behaving like we needed. And so we, we rallied people in the lab to, to come. And y- you heard mention of some of the, the late night uh, work that we had going into it. But uh, seeing the these freshmen students really pitching in when, uh, of course, they're preparing for finals and they would show up when we wouldn't even expect them. And, and they wanted to help. They, want, they were really uh, um, a part of this. So I'm picturing this, it, it recharges every time it passes over this? Correct. Yeah, so each, a, each lap it would do a, a recharge? Yeah, and uh, we, this was all really a starting point to show a proof of concept, and, and uh, the amount of charge that it's able to receive as it goes over this pad is not enough for it to, to actually travel around the entire length of the track. It uh, provides a boost, um, but as we uh, continue to work on, on this particular project and the technology in general, it will be able to provide enough of a charge as it drives over these pads that it can drive then continuously without needing to plug in and recharge anywhere. And that's that's our vision of this technology. That's, that's where it's going, hopefully, right? And I was actually going to add, um, for all the students that weren't building um, wireless charging cars, um, they were also learning a lot of science, engineering, technology, math. Um, we had some students, um, they had to prepare a video. Uh, before they arrived um, to tell us about their team and what everyone on the team did. There was one team that um, knew everything I could possibly know about fiberglass. Mm. You know, they, they had taken the body part and reconstructed it. And it's really exciting when they're learning AutoCAD. They're learning just a lot of skills that, that just because they're curious and they need to know it to figure out how to fix their car. Yeah, interesting. Um I guess all manner of problems to solve, right? As we and in the next segment, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I want to I want to apply this to, you know, you and me. Or when are we all going to be driving electric cars, right? And uh, not everybody can afford a Tesla right now, and not everyone out and bought a Nissan Leaf, but uh, there are hybrids. And I want to I want to uh, look at the future before we go to break. I wonder, uh, Ashley Rowe, do you um um what's your takeaway? You've, you've spent a lot of time with these students and with this technology. Um, the takeaway take of this whole experience for me is just very hopeful. We hear a lot of negative information and very real negative information about how the environment is doing and the changes that need to be made um, to improve that situation. And these young people are going to solve these problems. After this experience, I feel confident that they will be solved by these people. So it was it was great to see that. Yeah, that's very hopeful. That, uh, yeah, uh, take a sense of hope. That's what we hope we do take away from the youth, right? Right. <laughs> They're going to solve our problems. Um, let's, uh, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to uh, take this wider. Um, and I'm sure, Ryan, you have some ideas on what the problems we need to overcome to take this technology um, universal. Uh, more following this break. Gear Up Programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by our members and Rocky Mountain Power, supporting student innovation and clean transportation solutions in Utah. Details at rockymountainpower.net slash ev. StoryCorps is the largest oral history project of its kind. Founder David Isay traveled to Utah, where he met with health care providers, clinicians, patients, and caretakers to explain why storytelling can be a source of hope and healing. Beginning in May, Conversations Unique to Utah, told by residents living in Logan, Ogden, and St. George. Stories of hope and healing, heard during Morning Edition and All Things Considered, only on Utah Public Radio. 
on January 24, 1975, jazz pianist Keith Jarrett reluctantly agreed to play a concert on a broken piano. It was a disaster. It was supposed to be a disaster. But once he started playing... It's magic. Within moments, it's apparent that he's producing something astonishing. Jump-starting creativity in ways that might surprise you. That's next time on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Sundays at 2 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are expanding on uh, UPR reporter Ashley Rohde's uh, series, Driven to Succeed. You uh, can hear the uh, last of her three reports in the series today. And you can hear all of those uh, features on our website, upr.org, upr.org. Just look for Driven to uh, Succeed. We have Ashley Rohde with us in studio. Ryan Baum is with the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department of the Power Electronics Lab and the Select Program. He's Senior Lab Engineer, and Janine Hineman is with us, Communications Manager with USU STARS and the Gear Up Project. Um, so I think it would probably be good uh, uh, to start this segment Ashley, with uh, your last segment from your reports, what's what's this one? Okay, so this is, Janine may have mentioned her favorite part of the whole race day was when all of the kids got to come out to the track and actually talk to our college-age team and talk to Ryan about their wirelessly charging car and how it works. Well, that was my favorite part of the race day, too. And one of the things that was just so incredibly striking was how intelligent and practical the questions were that these kids were asking. Questions about how the car functions, but also about how this technology can be viably transferred into commercial or large-scale use. So it was really interesting. Let's hear this. Ryan Bohm is the senior laboratory engineer at Select. He's been guiding the team since they started the project. All right, hello everyone. My name is Ryan, and I'm with Utah State University in the Power Electronics Laboratory. We are demonstrating wireless charging of electric vehicles. After the demonstration, Ryan asks for questions. The kids put the screws to the team, asking questions about the function, safety, and commercial viability of the new technology. Is it alternating current or direct current? Uh, wouldn't it make sense just to go from solar panel to car instead of transmitting it through different sources and then losing power along that way? The kids ask technical and practical questions about the new technology one right after the other. So let's say you actually do get this on a highway and you don't want cars like ruining the pad. Could you put something over it and still have the like magnetic field come up? Yes. I have to say, another really excellent question. Would it be interchangeable, for example, like if you had two Teslas drive over the same pad, would they both pick up the same energy? And if another car company started making an electric car, would it all be interchangeable? Ryan seems genuinely surprised and delighted. So that is a portion of uh, Ashley Rohde's uh, report on the Driven to Succeed uh, series. Is that correct? You were genuinely... Delighted? Oh, I, I was really quite blown away. I, it was uh, mind-boggling. We we see a lot of groups come through of adults uh, in uh, our select center and seeing uh, demonstrations of the technology. And I don't know that I've had uh, that level of that caliber of questions through any group uh, that we've had come through. I, and I'm, I'm honest with that. They were extremely good questions. These, these are <clears throat> kids, what, elementary, middle school? Middle school, I guess. Kids, middle school so and high school kids, middle school and right. high school uh, that's encouraging so <laughs> let's let's use this as a jumping off pad so, so I want to ask you some of these questions um, the, the the future of uh, transportation uh, 
a certain point, Ryan, do you think it'll be all electric, a mix of electric? What do you think? Well, I think uh, we're we're at this stage, uh, and maybe this is something that's recurring throughout history, where uh, people might think, you know, we, things are, are pretty good. You know, we've got these cars that can go, you know, 80 plus miles an hour down the freeway, and they're comfortable to ride in. And, you know, how could it get any better? Well, I imagine when people first got the horses and buggies, and they could get from town to town, they, they might have had those same thoughts. And now look at where we are. And there's always opportunities for improvements that, that make our life better and, and make uh, transportation and communication better. And, and I think we're kind of at an inflection point with a change in technology, uh, with a, a whole paradigm shift. And, uh, that uh, that involves both uh, electric vehicles and and that will there are a lot of challenges and things that we're working on that we've started to discuss here and hopefully we'll more on how we are able to make that sustainable by charging how are we going to charge them uh, even to uh, vertical takeoff and landing uh, via all electric uh, aircraft that uh, are becoming uh, very developed and and uh, could become a uh, game changer there as well. And, and I think it's always important to keep our mind open to this and to have introductions to the rising generation so that they have the feeling that uh, we're, we're not stuck in this one paradigm. We can, uh, the, the sky's the limit. Maybe the sky, not even the sky at uh, beyond. Right. <laughs> I want to follow up on that. Electric, electric powered aircraft? Yeah, that uh, we we do work with uh, companies that come through uh, Select, and Select is uh, a group of uh, many different uh, companies and research organizations that uh, are are coming together to solve problems related to electrified transportation, and that is purposefully not just uh, road-based uh, transportation. We we involve all all forms of uh, of transportation, but we have companies that come through and are doing development work uh, for all electric vertical takeoff and landing uh, aircraft and uh, particularly solving battery challenges. That's, of course, one of the main uh, issues is how do we pack in more energy? How do we do it uh, more dense and lighter, um, safer? Uh, and those are all things that, that we're tackling. So is battery, is that the biggest barrier? Um, battery bat- capacity? Batteries are, are always the, the crux and the, the challenge of, uh, of electric transportation. Is, uh, that's what's storing the energy and, and will always be a push to, to pack in more energy and, and do it cheaper and do it more safely. Uh, so that, that ends up being one of the big challenges. Uh, but then uh, how, how do we charge them? How do we, uh, how do we make the components lighter and more efficient and, and more cost effective? And it's really a holistic view that we take. Uh, batteries tend to be at the heart of it, but uh, it's it's a lot more than just that. So what's what's the, in the current kind of the I don't know cutting edge or even not cutting edge? What's uh, what's the distance that a electric car can go? Well, the. Uh, the You've, a lot of the vehicles that are uh, being produced now are, are uh, electric vehicles. Those that are, that are planned and even being produced are, are having ranges in the two, three hundred plus mile uh, range, and, and that is great. And that's the that, that's a wonderful direction uh, that we're able to attain. Um, but the, there's certainly challenges with that, and we see, uh, you know, if if we were to have uh, a mass adoption of the the technology with all of the uh, mineral resources and the the weight and the cost that goes into more and more batteries, and then 
how do you charge them quickly? If it's, uh, I'm expecting uh, to pull into a station and recharge in the amount of time I can refuel my gas car. Mm-hmm. And uh, that becomes a real burden on the infrastructure. So how do we solve those challenges? And, and that's uh, really at the heart of Select is making this, uh, making electric, electrified transportation sustainable for the future. And uh, wireless charging from the roadways is, uh, is really uh, at the core of what we see as, as a solution for doing that, rather than carrying around all that energy, think of your home as a as a model, as an example that uh, we do, we have the energy delivered to our home through the wires, uh, you know, that bring that to our home. The the uh, natural gas that comes uh, to the home and vehicles are really the same way. Um, and this is really this change in mentality that rather than carrying around and storing all the energy that we need, we can transfer that to the to the point of use through through the roadways. Um, USU's been working on this quite a while, I imagine. Yeah, this uh, is... I, I understand. Uh, do you think this this could be part of the solution? Most roadways could have this? No, it would actually not be most roadways. Uh, one of the, the biggest concerns, obviously, is how, how do we get this into the roadway? That's got to be expensive to tear up roadways, and, and it is uh, more expensive than, a, than laying down a traditional road. But uh, we really could target uh, certain corridors. Uh, The interstate system would be uh, the prime target for that. Uh, Now, the interstates only make up a a very small percentage of the total roadways in the United States, and yet they account for a a very large percentage of the miles that are driven every year. So we can get a real bang for our buck by uh, installing the the wireless charging technology into those roadways, and then with a much smaller size battery uh, that might give us a 50 to 70 mile range, uh, which is today very a very simple uh, feat, uh, a very simple task, uh, then uh, we can really travel anywhere in the entire United States uh, without even pulling off to charge ever. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so this, uh, this be continuously charged if you're on the freeway? Yeah, so we're looking at different optimizations for where we would place the coils, whether it would be one continuous coil uh, along the entire interstate system or segments of roadway, uh, you know, a mile on, a mile off type thing. And uh, and we are looking at how we would optimize that for cost uh, and uh, the various, various scenarios that might play out there. Mm-hmm. What uh, what are the biggest barriers, do you think, to for mass adoption? Well, part of it is uh, the the amount of electric. It's a chicken and an egg kind of a, a problem. Who's going to build the electrified wireless charging roadways without the electric cars? But who's going to to go in mass with electric cars unless there's a, a way? Sol- there's a solution for how we're going to charge them. And so, uh, I think uh, we're naturally seeing with. Uh, and, I, and I'm not trying to dog on the long-range electric vehicles. Uh, that's an important part of getting uh, electric vehicles out there. Uh, and then as we're able to see the adoption of electric vehicles, then it starts to make sense to, to build the roadways that can support that. Uh, so it's a kind of a natural back-and-forth progression. So leaving mass adoption aside for the future, what's the next big thing, do you think? What's the next big barrier to be solved? Uh, well, uh, technically, with the technology itself, uh, we're already demonstrating uh, high power charging uh, wirelessly. So I wouldn't say that the the technology itself uh, uh, is, but uh, I think the uh, perception and the adoption, the the recognition that uh, electric vehicles uh, are 
uh, a solution forward and, and uh, getting more and more use of them. Uh, some of the next steps that we see, and we're actually in the process of developing uh, pilot projects that will be going into actual roadways, uh, large, heavy transportation are, are some of the first markets that we see adopting that that go along uh, certain corridors that uh, they're back and forth on regularly. Those would be uh, a first target for uh, adoption of the technology. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, we have about uh, four or five minutes left. I want to uh, bring it back to the students. Um, this does give me hope anyway that uh, we've we've got uh, you know students that are getting excited about this is probably not at just a USU right that's uh, various centers around around the world um, gives you hope that if we get the students excited the young people excited then these these barriers are going to fall quicker i don't know what you say about you know not just gear up uh, students but but students students overall i think um Finding something that they're passionate about, and then finding a way to connect people so that they can, um, so that they can have mentors to learn from, makes kind of the impossible possible. So I think that this is a really good example. We didn't think that. I mean, it was kind of dicey whether the car would make it. I think we were we weren't sure until we arrived that morning whether there was actually going to be an electric car in the race. They arrived. They did their laps. It all worked out. And, you know, it was really exciting to see. I mean, as an outsider in the technology, seeing, you know, the, the solar panels and knowing that the solar panels are charging the pad that the car is driving over was really super exciting because it was all it was all green powered. And that was excellent. And that's exactly what the project was about. Mm-hmm. And, Ryan, you've, you've talked about vision, right? That's important, not only for students if you're going to get into college and complete college. But uh, we need a vision if we're going to get to mass adoption of electric vehicles. Yeah, I, sustainable I, energy. I think that is really important. And I think Janine hit it really uh, the nail on the head that it's uh, finding things that we can that be passionate about. Uh, there's, uh, it's, it's really exciting uh, to, to see something, uh, see get that vision in your mind of what it can become and then uh, apply yourself to make it happen. Uh, there's, there's a lot of satisfaction and, and we see that in, in all the things that we do, whether it's planting flowers around your yard and, and just seeing in your mind what, what that's going to look like and then making it happen or it's designing uh, an electric vehicle that charges wirelessly. You know, there you, you catch that vision, you dive in and make it happen, and, and that's where the real satisfaction happens. We were talking about the software, Ashley. You used an important word, incremental. Yeah, so I think one thing that's important to remember is that, yes, the story is incredibly help, hopeful, and these students are amazing, but the technologies that they're working with and the innovations that they're making are really built off of the hard work of the people who have come before them, people like Ryan who are mentoring them and, you know, engineers going back uh, into time. These advances in science and technology are incremental and it takes time. So just because these kids are doing such amazing things doesn't mean us old people get to sit back on our laurels and, and do nothing. <laughs> we have to remain engaged. Yeah, I'm 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 grateful that you included yourself and us old people. It's <laughs> <laughs> very generous of you, Ashley. Um, uh, good point. Uh, so just a couple of minutes left. Um, so the the gear up project continues. Yes, yes. So we have one grant that was potentially ending, but we have three more grants happening. We are we have over. 
10,000 students in various grade levels that we're working with right now. Um, as, I, as we speak, um, everyone's planning for next year already. They're putting work plans together. Um, they're working with their advisors, their, um, their teachers. Um, we're doing a lot of things over the summer. We have summer camps happening. Um, we have five summer camps. We'll bring over 300 students. Easy, well, quite a few. Actually, I'm not sure of the number. We're bringing a lot of students to the Utah State University campus this summer to do engineering, biology, transition, variety of different things. Um, we're also bringing teachers together to learn um, uh, Texas instrument training. Um, we do a lot of professional development for teachers. Um, there are actually two large national teachers conferences happening in Salt Lake City in the fall. I think one's for math and the other is for, I'm not sure what the other one's for. Okay. But, yeah. you know, um, we're going to send teachers in our schools to those conferences to see what's happening nationally. Yeah. So um, wherever we can find ways to work with the schools, we're here for them. All right. And I assume exciting work continues at uh, the uh, – uh, Power Electronics Lab and the Select program. Yeah, we are going to continue to uh, push forward with the technology and and uh, find uh, ways to continue to develop new and innovative technologies that uh, are going to make life interesting and, and better. Good. Well, we'll end it uh, there. Um, and uh, let's mention again that uh, Driven to Succeed is a UPR original series. Right. UPR reporter Ashley Rohde has been working on uh, those. The last report airs today. Yep, that's right. And you can hear all of these at upr.org. Correct. Just look at uh, For Driven to Succeed. We've had with us on the program today UPR reporter Ashley Rohde. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Ryan Baum has been with us. He is with the USU's Power Electronics Lab and the uh, SELECT uh, program, the Sustainable Electrified Transportation Center. Uh, thanks for coming in. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Tom. And Janine Hineman is Communications Manager with USU STARS Gear Up Project. Thanks, Tom. This was fun. And thanks for listening to Access Utah. This week on This American Life. So human beings have spines. And when it comes to the animal kingdom, you know what we study? Mostly? Other creatures with spines. Know who's not into that? Scientists who study spiders and worms and snails and other creatures who have no spines. And then one of the scientists who studies these spineless creatures gets a spine and stands up to the powers that be. Saturday morning at 11 on UPR. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU-FM Logan, and also heard at upr.org.